This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So excited to be with you today and happy belated Valentine's Day. Well, let us pray. Father, we come into your presence, dear sir, to praise and to adore and to love you. We thank you that this is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for giving us a precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for rising and big within me now. I thank you for thinking through my mind and speaking through my lips of clay. And I declare that I will speak a word boldly, fearlessly, effortlessly, carried by the wind of the Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that your people will be encouraged, motivated, and blessed today in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, family, you may be seated. Well, family, as you know, this is the month of love, February. So happy Valentine's Day, belated Valentine's Day. Do you know that even my grandchildren were asked to be someone's Valentine? Uriah is only 12 and Troy is only 10 and girls have already asked them to be a happy Valentine. And I said to Candace, what in the world does it mean? So she says, don't worry, mom. It only means you're going to buy them chocolates and take it to school. Well, that's harmless enough, right? Well, you know, family, sometimes my husband and I, we like to watch a movie, but I always say to him, does it have a happy ending? Because I don't want to watch a movie if it has a sad ending, because we all want a happy ending. Well, the story that I'm going to share with you today is a real-life love story, and it's got a happy ending. And we all love happy stories, right? So one Christmas Eve, Natalie phoned Apostle Thea myself and told us that she was coming home because her husband at the time was filing for divorce. So she came over to our house to discuss everything, and you can imagine the emotional turmoil she was going through, the confusion, the hurt in her heart. And after much discussion, Natalie made such a wise decision. And she said, mom and dad, the best thing that I can do when I face such dilemma in my life is I have to go into the presence of God and see what God's will is for my life. And that was such a good decision. Well, obviously, that Christmas wasn't the happiest one, but as a family, we rallied around her. And the day after Christmas, she decided to do a 21-day Daniel fast for her marriage and her situation. So she stayed at home. She fasted. She praised. She worshiped. She prayed for two to four hours every single day. That's right, pressing into God's presence. She listened to Apostle Theo's messages on faith continually. She was building herself up in the Word of God. She was building herself up on her most holy faith, worshiped the Lord, praised the Lord, and spent hours praying in tongues. And do you know what she said? She said, Mom, I felt like I was in a cocoon. I felt like I was in God's presence and his peace just surrounded me. So even in the middle of her chaos, she felt the peace of God just envelop her. Well, after the first 21-day fast, she took off a week, and then she decided she was going to do another 
21-day fast for the same thing. Well, after the second 21-day fast, I asked her to travel with me as it was my turn to go to South Africa, as you know. It was our custom for me to go. Remember, Apostle Theo used to come in January, and I used to come in February, March, and we used to come in May. But now... Um, he just feels it's better for him and his body to come twice a year. So, But anyway, so it was my turn in those days. And so I said to Natalie, Natalie, won't you come with me? I'm going to South Africa. It's my turn to preach. And she said she would. We'd also been invited, Natalie and I, to go to Australia for a week to go to the Hillsong Color Conference. And she said she would go with me. I was so excited about that. And so when we got to South Africa... And of course, I was preaching and she was doing the same thing. She was praising and worshiping the Lord. But while we were in South Africa, she got the news that her husband at the time was seeing another woman while they were still married. So with that news, she felt a release in her heart that God was telling her, Natalie, you can let him go. Now, every marriage is different and God is going to lead every marriage the way it is supposed to go. But in this case, she felt God gave her the release to let him go. But while we were in South Africa, our doctor, Dr. Brian, he suggested that I send Natalie to a clinical psychologist for counseling, just so that she could talk to someone outside the family. Now, we never had a counseling department like we do um, have in Johannesburg now. So if we did then, she would have gone there. But so if you need counseling, go to our counseling department. They're amazing. You need someone to talk to. Nevertheless, she went to this uh, clinical psychologist and uh, she had a counseling session, actually had two counseling sessions with her. And at the end of two counseling sessions, he shook her by the hand, he congratulated her, and he said, Natalie, he said, that women usually take one year to recover after what Natalie had gone through, and he could not believe her emotional recovery, her stability, her belief in God, her steadfastness. He couldn't believe her faith, how it kept her so steady, and his advice was to her, Natalie, never leave your church because that is a source of your strength. Now, he wasn't born again, so he didn't realize he was saying, don't leave God. But he was also saying, stay connected to your support group. And how important is that, to stay connected to our church, our, our life groups, our groups, our support groups, so important. Well, after South Africa, Natalie and I went to Australia. But I want to interject here. I want to tell you the story from my perspective. Now, obviously, as a mom... And you, could, you know what's going on in your, house, your, your children's lives. And, and Apostle Thea and I, we felt, we saw, we knew things were wrong. We couldn't put our finger on it, but we knew something wasn't right. We were very concerned about the whole situation. So I want to tell you this part to encourage all the heads of family, the men. Yes, I want to take a, a minute and talk to the men in the house. Men, you are so important to God, and God needs you in your family, and you're going to see just how important you are as the head of the home. 
Well, I went to Apostle Theo in his office one day and I reminded him of a message that I heard about Norval Hayes. And for those of you who don't know the story, I'm going to tell it to you and perhaps some of you will remember it. But if you don't know, it's such a phenomenal story. Well, Norval Hayes, and if you don't know who he was, he was such an incredible, strong, mighty man of God, such a man of faith. Nevertheless, he had a daughter, Zona, and she had 42 growths on her body. That's right, 42. She said she would count them every single day. They would burst open sometimes with blood, and she had to wipe them. She hated the growths on her body. One day, Norval Hayes prayed and said, Jesus, my daughter needs a miracle. I know you are the healer. I need you to come to my house and give me a miracle. Well, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and look here, family, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we go into God's presence and we start seeking him, he's going to reward us with goodness and mercy. And Norval Hayes, he started seeking God diligently and he started saying, Jesus, I need instructions. You are the miracle worker. And he said for many hours a day, he would keep on saying, present to the presence of God. And he would say, Jesus, you are the miracle worker. Come to my house. He was so desperate for answers and results that he cried out to God for hours every day. He had made up his mind as the father of the home that he was going to find Jesus a miracle worker. And he was not going to take no for an answer. You know, family, God is so good, and he loves you, and he's so wonderful, he's so kind, and he wants to bring you every heavenly blessing. He wants us to diligently seek him, not casually. So after one service one night, Brother Norval was walking up the hallway to his living room when he walked into a white cloud. The presence of God was all around him, and he began to weep. He said his five senses disappeared. He left his body. He began to go up, up, up. He said he felt the tangible presence of an out-of-body experience. Suddenly, he was standing in another world, a world of peace, a world of contentment, a beautiful place, a place that was so clean and holy. He knew he was in heaven. Imagine. Then a strong, deep male voice began to talk to him. The first words this voice said were, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? In a calm, strong, deep voice, Jesus said once again, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? You know, family, we ask God sometimes, how long, Lord, how long do we have to wait for us to have an answer from you? But in the meantime, God is asking us, how long are we going to put up 
with things on the earth? How long, family, are we going to put up with things that are going on in our homes, our lives, our businesses, our marriages, in our children's lives, our grandchildren's lives? Because God will put up with it as long as we do. So Norva replied, said, Lord, I don't know what you mean. How long will you put up with that? I don't have the growths, Lord. They're not on me. They're on my daughter's body. But the next thing God said to him in a much deeper, stronger voice, and men, this is exactly what the Lord said to him. You are the head of your house. Wow. As quick as a flash of lightning, Norval understood what God had said. He said it was like revelation knowledge. He understood that everything that went on his, in his house, he was responsible for. Because Jesus said that the man is the head of the home. And the man is under Jesus' authority. And that's why I believe there's such an attack on men as the head of the home. And it just breaks my heart where we have a generation of men that are absent out of their children's lives. We need men to take their place as the head of the home and be the man that God created them to be. And all the men in the, in the house said, amen, Pastor Bev, that's me. <laughs> yes, that's right. So God has appointed and called men to take the authority in the home. And God has confidence in men to do it. Now, you might say, Pastor Bev, uh, I don't have a man in my house. Well, then you take that authority. God will give you the authority. If you're the woman in the home and you do not have a husband, God, you take your authority and you are the head of your home and Jesus will honor that. But it's good for us to say, no, devil, you will not harass my husband. You will not harass my wife. You will not harass my children. I take authority in this house over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over lack, over strife, rebellion, in Jesus' name. Well, it came to Norville in a second to tell Satan to leave his property. And the Lord said to Norville, if you curse the roots of those growths on your daughter's body, in my name, they will die. Just like the fig tree did when I cursed it. If you believe and not doubt, they will disappear. After the Lord gave Norval this instruction, he began to descend from where he was down, down, down to his living room. And he was weeping from the presence of God, his five senses returned to him and immediately he heard a voice in the air, don't go and pray for your daughter now. She's sitting with her date, Bobby, and he's not born again and she's gonna be so embarrassed if you talk to her now. No, rather wait for tomorrow. Then it dawned on Norval that this was the, the voice of the devil trying to talk him out of cursing those growths. So Norval entered, can you imagine this? He entered the room where his daughter Zona was sitting with her boyfriend who was not saved and he marched in like a soldier, calling her name, Zona, Zona. And she said, what's the matter, daddy? What's wrong with you? And he said, Zona, I've just got back from heaven. 
Imagine you're walking into your daughter's, your children's room, and you they're sitting there with their unsafe friends, and you tell them, I've just got back from heaven. He, the, she must have looked at him with big eyes, and the bo- boyfriend must have thought, what? This guy is nutty. But she said, I've got back from heaven, and Jesus told me I must curse the roots of those growths, and they will die and disappear. Then he laid his hands on his daughter, and he said, get off my daughter's body. You are invader in my daughter's body. I'm the head of this home, and I command you to go from her body in Jesus' name. Well, family, guess what? Not long after that, all those growths fell off her body. So I reminded Apostle Theo that he was the head of this home, and since Natalie was now under our home again, she had left that that man and she was now living at our home, I said to him, would you not please pray for her and her marriage for the will of God to be done? You're the head of the home, love. So Apostle Theo obviously knows he's the head of the home and he took one hour every day above his normal prayer time to intercede for the perfect will of God for Natalie. Well, guess what? 30 days after Apostle Thea prayed, everything blew up, everything came to the surface, and we found out about the other woman that her ex was seeing, and God began to swiftly, supernaturally heal Natalie's broken heart. Now, I want to remember, let's look at the timeline now. Remember, it was the day before Christmas, so it was the 24th, and now fast forward to January the 17th. That's not even a month, right? Okay. Let's see what's happening. On January the 17th, Candace did her grocery shop as she usually did in those days. She used to live in Alamo Heights. Now she lives in comfort. And so in those days, she used to go shopping on a Sunday afternoon after church. And so she happened to notice a very good looking guy in the produce section. Yes, with all the apples and the fruits. And their vegetables are. And she happened to be on the phone with one of her friends. And so she asked her friend on the phone, hey, would you like to meet a guy? He's very, very handsome. And so her friend on the phone said, yes, Candace, go ahead. He might be a great uh, friend for me. Go ahead and get his phone number and his name. Well, you know, my daughter Candace. She started following him around the store. Yes, she did. From the fruit section, the vegetable section, up the deli aisle to the chip section, to the meat section. She was basically stalking this guy. So she went up to him. He could obviously see this crazy lady, but they burst out laughing, and she declared immediately that she was happily married, showed him her ring, and she wasn't hitting on him at all. She just thought he would be a good friend for her friend. That is hilarious. Candace said, well, I noticed you're not wearing a wedding ring. Are you involved with anyone? And he said, no, I'm not. Imagine the strange woman coming up to you uh, in the grocery department and asking if you're involved with anybody. So he said, no. So Candace said, well, do you have a girlfriend? And he said, no, I don't. So then she said, okay, will you please be my friend on Facebook? And then, look your family, she gave him a church card and invited him to church. There's my little soul winner. She had the courage to give the strange man a church card and invite him to church. 
Anyway, she never heard from him for over a month. And then one, one day, while Natalie and I were still away um, overseas, it was now February the 27th, a month after Candace had met him. Lance woke up with an overwhelming desire to go to church. He phoned Candace and he said, Candace, can I please meet you and Travis at church day? I've just had an overwhelming sense. I've got to come to church today. And so they said, absolutely, let's go for lunch afterwards. And then they became great friends. So one day, Lance read on Facebook, he read a, um, a post that Candace had, had written about his sister. And as he read it, he said he felt the empathy and compassion. And, he, and Lance asked Candace, is everything okay with Natalie? And she said, you know what, Lance, Natalie is actually going through a divorce at this time. But he said it was an all too familiar feeling because he too had been divorced and he understood the pain, the trauma, the emotional heartache that goes along with it. So he asked Candace, do you think it would be out of place for me, Candace, if I could just send her an encouraging email? And Candace said, no, Lance, that would be fine. So when we returned from Australia, Lance asked Natalie, would you like to go and have coffee together? But the very first time that Natalie had coffee with Lance, she said, Lance, if you want to be my friend, I don't come by myself. I'm a package deal. I come with the whole church and I come with my family. So Lance thought that was wonderful. And then listen to this family. This, she invited him to our house for the second coffee. But now she said, Lance, it's so important that I share my faith with you. It's so important that I tell you things that are important to me. And being filled with the precious Holy Spirit is so important to me. And I, I want to share you all the, about the benefits. Now, remember, he came out of a Lutheran background. He doesn't know anything about the precious Holy Spirit. But Natalie said, if you want to have coffee the second time, you've got to come to my house. So when he came to the house, of course, Apostle Thea and I were there. And uh, so then Apostle Thea shared everything about the benefits and, and uh, all about the precious Holy Spirit. He ministered to him. And then at half past nine that night, Apostle Thea ministered to Lance on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We prayed for him in our kitchen. The presence of God was so real. And Lance just wept and wept and wept for over an hour. And he prayed beautifully in his own prayer language, his, his fluently played beautifully in his own prayer language in the Holy uh, Spirit, and he couldn't get enough of God. Now listen, family, so Natalie was officially divorced on Apostle Thea's birthday, the 13th of April, and then Lance asked her to be his girlfriend. So um, now I want to tell you, uh, from Lance's point of view, it's such an incredible story. That's why I say praying in tongues is like having a miracle in your mouth. We can't do without our precious Holy Spirit. So let's have a look um, from Lance's point of view. Years earlier, Lance had a dream that he would meet a girl in the grocery store and she would have a foreign accent and this girl would lead him to someone who would change his life forever. 
Isn't that amazing, family? He bumped into Candace, the girl with a foreign accent, who changed his life in more than one way and changed his life forever. Lance, as you know, is sold out to the Lord. He's on fire for the Lord. He can't get enough of God. He loves to study the word of God. He loves Apostle Theo. He loves me. He loves the church. He loves you. He loves to study, and God speaks to him. But God doesn't only speak to him through the word, but God speaks to him in dreams, just like he speaks to Natalie in dreams. It's amazing how God speaks to the pair of them in dreams about different decisions they've made or they should make or they're going to make. And people often say to me, how could this happen to Natalie in such a short time? How could God deliver her out of heartache, pain, distress? How could he unscramble that egg and bring her the most amazing person? Because remember, it started in the day before Christmas, but now this is April. It's um, December, January, February, March, April. Only four months later, she meets her forever, the love of her life. But how does that happen? But I believe, family, it's all because she pressed into the presence of God, diligently seeking him, and God showed up, showed her his glory, his mercy, his goodness. Now, Lance and Natalie have been married for 12 years. This year, it'll be 13. They have three beautiful children, Ava, Ella, Judah. They have three dogs. They have goats. They've got a donkey. They've got chicken and ducks. (laughs) They've got a whole farmyard. But the question I want to ask today is, what would have happened if Candace never invited Lance to church? Natalie's whole life would have taken a different direction. Ava, Ella, and Judah would not have been born. I wonder how different things would be in our world today if Christians would only share their faith with others. If Christians would only be bold enough to invite someone to church. What God did for Natalie and Lance, God can do and wants to do for you too, family, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. God can turn it all around for your good. Natalie and Lance's story reminds me of how wide and how deep the love of God is. Their story is a story of hope in a hopeless situation, a story of God's redeeming grace. It's like a love story written in heaven with a happy ending. And that story can be like yours also. God wants to give your story a happy ending. But are you willing to pay the price by praying in the Holy Spirit? Because when you do and you pray in the Holy Ghost, then you're giving God a chance to work everything out for you. Because God loves you, family. He wants the very best for you. He wants to take your confusion, your pain, the loneliness, your heartache. He wants to take anxiety. He wants to turn it all around if you will let him. He's willing and he's waiting. One thing I know for sure is that when you're going through a difficult situation, 
Our enemy, he's going to come and he's going to tell you lies. He's going to tell you, you don't matter to God. God is not bothered with you. He, he doesn't even care what you're going through. No, family, that's not true. God sees everything you're going through. He's loving, he's kind, he's, he's waiting for you and me to ask him for help. I'm reminded about the story of the prodigal son who had asked for his inheritance while his father was still alive. Now, in the Middle Eastern culture, he was, in effect, saying, I can't wait for you to die. I want my money now. And actually, that humiliated that Jewish father. It would, it would uh, humiliate any father, in fact. So the son severed his relationship with his wonderful father. He cashed in his chips, took off to, uh, to a country to do things his own way, to live his own life, making unwise decisions and choices. Well, it didn't go well for the son. He quickly lost all his inheritance. He committed all kinds of sins and terrible uh, things that he did. And he found himself then just working, feeding pigs just to survive. The story tells us in an obvious Jewish manner that he went as far away as he could from his family and, and God. He was broke, no money. He realized the only hope of his survival was to return to his father, who he knew was a good man, a kind man. And perhaps his father would hire him as a worker. Then, at least, he would have shelter and food, right? But the turning point in this story comes when the son appears at the edge of the village, his father, in the meantime, he's been waiting patiently all this time for his son to come home. He's been watching day and night. But when the father saw him, the Bible tells he ran to meet his son. He fell on his neck. He kissed his lost son. He brought his son back into his house. He, he gave him a fresh a change of clothing. He put a, a ring on his finger, and he even ordered a huge big banquet for him, a huge feast for him. He, he had never stopped loving his son, no matter what his son had done. No matter how far his son had gone, he never stopped loving his son. And our heavenly father has never stopped loving you and he's waiting for you and I to come to him with all our concerns, our troubles. He's waiting to sort everything out for us, family. Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So when we're going through heartbreaking times, times of uncertainty, let's not run from God. Let's not backslide, but let's run to God because only God can sort everything out for us, no matter how complicated it is. Now, you know, complicated seems to be the buzzword for relationships and, and things that are going on. How often have you heard people say when you talk to them, how's your relationship? It's complicated, Right? Well, the good news is that it doesn't matter how complicated it is, God can sort, can sort out complicated. So when we come to God fearlessly and confidently to find help when we need it the most, when we go to God and we say, God, I need your help. We're not going to find an angry God. He's not mad at us. He's not mad at you, family. He's not harsh. He's not cruel. He's not unloving. He's just the opposite. 
We're going to find mercy. We're going to find grace. We're going to find love just like Natalie did, just like the prodigal son did. They found mercy and grace and love. And God loves us and he's waiting to help us in our time of need. You know, we train our children to grow up and to develop and become independent so that at the right time, they can stand on their own two feet, face life, and uh, succeed, right? And we don't train them to be independent of God, rather the opposite. We train them, and we should train them, our children to depend on God more than anything else in the whole world. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. The question I want to ask today, what is blocking your way? What obstacles are before you? Because God's word says, lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord, not in ourselves. I know we always want to fix every problem. We want to fix our family's problem. We want to fix everyone else's problems. But we should say, rather let God fix our problems. Say, God, I give you my heartache. I give you my pain. I give you my confusion. I bring you my situation. I'm going to trust you to navigate me through this or to unscramble this egg that I find myself in. And God is going to make the best for our lives. When we say to him, I submit to you, Lord, and your will be done in my life. And when we do that and we pray in the Spirit, God is going to get to work and he's going to work on our behalf. And God's love for us is limitless. That's right. There's no end to his love for us. There's no situation that we will ever face, family, where God will not give us the strength, the encouragement, the hope, and the solution and help us see it through. It's never too late. Jesus can turn everything around and make all things new. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. You see, our history doesn't define our destiny. How many of you would like to take that first step today in faith? If you're facing challenges and trusting God for wisdom and direction, why don't you get up out of your seats, come forward, the pastors, the leaders, the prayer group leaders, they are going to pray for you. And we're going to trust God to intervene. We're going to trust God to give you the solution. If you want to come forward now, the pastors and the leaders are going to pray for you. Thank you, band, for coming up and just ministering, playing the instruments, and let God touch your life in a fresh new way. It's never too late. Come forward, family. That you've never taken a step towards Him. And so this morning, family, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to make your lives right with God. You know, the Bible says in Romans that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In other words, you'll be made right with God. And so this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. So my first invitation is to anybody here this morning, whether you're here in person or you're online, 
and you've never ever made Jesus Lord of your life, friend, today's your day. My second invitation is to anybody that's listening and you're saying, you know, my relationship with God is not where it used to be. I feel it's grown, it's grown cold. Well, friend, I'm inviting you to come back. If you'll allow me to include you in a prayer in a moment, you can know for sure that your relationship will be restored once again with the Lord. And my third and final invitation is to any person who says, Pastor, I don't know what's gonna happen to me when I breathe my last. Will I make it into heaven? Will I slip into the flames of hell? Friend, you don't want to walk out here without that question answered. Now, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not asking you to come to me. I'm not going down to where you are. But while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you wanna come to Jesus for the first time, you wanna come back to Him and restore that relationship, or you wanna know for sure that you're in right standing with God, that heaven is your home, when I count to three, won't you just raise your hand above your head so I can see it, and I'll pray for you this morning. One, two, three. Just lift it up high above your head so I can pray for you this morning. Wherever you are, just keep it raised above your head. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep it up above your head. That's wonderful. If you're online and you're watching from home or wherever you are, you can just do this as well as a, as a sign to say, I want to pray that prayer. I want to know for sure that my life is right with God. Wherever you are, you can just raise your hand. And I want to pray with you this morning. Now, friend, I want to invite everybody here this morning to pray with us, especially those that have raised their hand. I want you to pray that prayer. But I'm inviting a leader and a member of the church just to slip over. They're going to place their hand on your shoulder. We're just standing with you in agreement this morning. And so let's all pray this prayer together. Are you ready? All of us together say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning just as I am. I ask you, Lord, please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. Today, I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you that right now, I am in right standing with you. Heaven is my home and you are my loving Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. We are so excited about the decision that you've made this morning. And we wanna give you some next steps, friend. We wanna give you some next steps of what you need to do. But before we do that, I wanna take this opportunity and speak to you about tonight's service. Pastor Johnny will be ministering. He's just out ministering at another church this morning. But he'll be here tonight and he'll be ministering and he asked me to tell you what the message is gonna be about. I'm sure you would all agree with me that we need a revival in our nation. Amen. I'm sure you'll agree with me that we need to see some change. I'm not sure if you're aware of what's happening in Asbury in the USA, but they've been having a revival at this church for around 12 days nonstop. Nonstop. We need that revival. We need to see lives change. We need to see our nation change. We need to see people coming running to the altar of God. Amen. And so he wants to speak along those lines about what will bring a revival. And then also for people who need healing. He believes that the Lord is ministering through him this evening to pray for those who need healing. So if you have any that are overcoming in their body, whatever it is, invite them to church tonight. We're gonna have a time of extended praise and worship. He's gonna minister the word, but then we're also gonna be praying for those who have ailments in their body. So bring them this evening. It's gonna be a wonderful time in the presence of God. And let's be united 
and trust God for revival in our nation. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, I'm gonna hand over to the venue host. You can take it from now. For the rest of you that prayed that prayer, we are obviously so excited about the prayer you prayed. Won't you grab your belongings and go with the person that prayed with you? We won't keep you long. Just wanna give you some information and obviously help you with any prayer requests you might have regarding that. So come on, family. Let's give them an encouraging hand as they go. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.